Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Well, a historic week for football. Uh, Jake Daniels has become the first, the UK's first active male professional footballer to come out as gay. And the Blackpool player is the first man in the professional game to do so publicly since Justin Fashionu in 1990. Owen Sheehan is the presenter of um, OTBAM. He's with me here in studio. Is it a watershed moment, Owen? It could be. I think when you listen to Jake Daniels in his interview with Sky Sports yesterday, he said he felt he might need to hide it to be a professional footballer because no one else was out. So in a perverse way, he is the role model that he has been looking for over the last little while. He is 17 years of age. He only made his professional debut for Blackpool two weeks ago. So this is an unlikely hero, I would say, and it can be a watershed moment. The question I would have, and I'd say a lot of people would have had yesterday when this broke, is why is this a watershed moment? Why is this a story? Why is it greeted as such a landmark moment? I think the answer to that question is football culture and specifically football in the UK and the, the culture that surrounds it. Because when you look back at the history of it and even when you look around at the present of football culture, it's not a welcoming place. There are very few jobs in the world where you will get shouted at with vitriol by total strangers. Being a footballer is one of those jobs. Yes, the the dressing room is a much safer place than it used to be. He will be fully supported by his teammates and that will be the case for for most of the, the football teams in England. The terraces though, not necessarily a safe place at the moment. Just this week, for example, Brentford's Ivan Tony and Rico Henry both said that their families were racially abused at Goodison Park during their game against Everton on Sunday. This was just a couple of days ago, mm. so we don't need to go back to any historical evidence to find any uh, evidence or allegations of hate within football. It is happening here right now. If we even zoom out from that a little bit and look at the powers that be in football, there is a World Cup taking place in Qatar this year. What does that say to any young gay footballer uh, you look at the, the Euros last year um, I mean you, you can look at this in two ways first of all there was a, a rainbow laces campaign and I know Harry Kane wore rainbow colours and his armband against Germany in the Euros last year but the flip side is that UEFA banned advertising using rainbow colours at the quarterfinals in Russia and in Azerbaijan they bent to the local homophobic restrictions that were in place in those cities and they also refused to allow the Allianz Stadium the Allianz Arena to, to light up in rainbow colours during that tournament as well so So that is the message that's been sent from the powers that be in football. The messages from the terraces may not be overly welcoming as well. And that's why this is a story. That's why he's unbelievably brave. And that's why you hope it is a watershed moment. Okay, Uh, John McIron, who's the community officer with um, Shelburne Football Club. John, we we only spoke to you, actually, about the the Gay Football Supporters, the Network Mm -hmm. Cup final. I think it might have been this day last week. I know it's coming up uh, later this month. You were on with us to chat about the need for change in this area and you spoke quite openly about your own experience. But we probably didn't anticipate last week something as significant as this would happen so soon. No, Andre, it certainly happened. Um, it is really significant. Um, to, to Owen's points there, I mean, it's, it's hugely brave of him. Uh, 17 years of age. He's obviously got very uh, good support from his family and his club and from his teammates. I mean, I think uh, watching the, the coverage last night, uh, he first spoke to the club's welfare officer about this last December. So they, you know, they, they went and put a lot of uh, things in place to ensure that Jake was fully supported and his family was fully supported to make an announcement. But it really is, um, in my view, a watershed moments. I mean, to, to have someone so relatable for, for people these days, he's 17, um, starting his career. I mean, whatever about his sexuality, I mean, he's, he's a gold machine. He's got 30 goals last season. 
Um, and I really hope that, that, that people will focus on his ability as a player now rather than sexuality. And to Owen's point, the terraces are a very unforgiving place. And I, 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 really, I really hope that, that, we can, that we can look beyond the sexuality and, and, and just really focus on him as a player going forward. I mean, I think it really is an opportunity now for, for every club, if you kind of take it back to Ireland here, for every club in the country now to reflect on how inclusive they are um, and how inclusive they want to be. I mean, this is a Tuesday night. There'll be, be football clubs, the length and breadth of the country are training tonight. So, you know, if you're a football coach, take the opportunity to, to reflect on that. Uh, talk to your fellow coaches about it. Talk to your, to your club management about it, about how inclusive they are. And, um, and, and to try and, and, and just get rid of this taboo once for all. I mean, why in 2022 are we even talking about this? Well, you know, that, that's uh, the point, isn't it, Owen? I mean, as, as you mentioned there a few moments ago as well, like, I mean, you have to sort of ask yourself, why is this even a story? Yeah, well, well, that's yeah. it exactly, and um, it, I guess it's probably when you zoom out a little bit and look at the the kind of culture around football, uh, in particular in England, where it can be quite a, an unforgiving place. But the thing is that this is not this is not an issue at all in 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 women's football. I mean, women's women's sport has completely led the way in this regard. We have uh, a couple playing football for the Republic of Ireland women's team. Mm. It, it is just not a talking point whatsoever. So, so that is completely out of kilter with uh, I guess sports fans and, and society as as a okay. whole. Uh, John Corey, who's the chair of um, Dublin Devils Football Club, is is with us too and joining us on the line. John, just on that point there, why does this only appear to be an issue in the men's game? Uh, thanks, Andrea, and, and thanks for covering this, because I do think it is a watershed moment. Um, as you said, this is, you know, this has been a huge problem in, in the men's game, and I don't know if you're saying it's just linked to, to masculinity, but... You know, the real issue is just being seen and being visibility, you know, being visible. And you know, for players coming up in clubs, you know, to have someone like Jacob they can point to and say, look, you know, there's someone who's like me, who's achieved, you know, great things in the game, who's a professional footballer, who's a goal-scoring machine. It, it really gives, you know, validity and it will help it'll help keep people in football clubs and help people, you know, have players coming through the men's game not to feel excluded and to feel like that they have a home in the game because I think that's a real problem at the moment we don't have those role models that you can look to and point to, that people just don't feel like they belong or don't feel like they have a home. Like the significance, I suppose, of, of, of um, Jake Daniels' announcement in maybe the timing of it more so in doing it at the start of his career and just signing his, his contract um, in recent weeks as well. Like, is, is that a sort of a, this is who I am, I, I want to, you know, let it be known from the very outset. Like, is there a significance attached to the timing? I think there is, and I think you have to commend him. It's an incredibly brave thing to do. Um, you know, obviously at, at that age, you know, for anybody coming out, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do and challenging and scary moment. He's doing it in front of the world's media and kind of under a huge spotlight. So he's to be commended for that in terms of his, his career. As you mentioned, like this is the first openly gay player in English football since uh, Justice Vashnu. And, you know, like coming out dogged and had a massive impact on his career. So, you know, for Jake to take the step, it's say, saying, look, I, I'm risking you know, a club turning around and saying, well, actually, this is going to cost us revenue and sponsorship. It's risking his own personal sponsorship. So it is it is a brave thing for him to do. Um, ourselves as a club, we ran a, a webinar earlier on in the year mm-hmm. with Graham Sinet. And at the point, Graham Sinet, you know, came on and said, look, dressing rooms have become more inclusive, but that doesn't necessarily mean the boardrooms and all clubs have become more inclusive. And at the same point, you go back to around, you know, the World Cup being held in Qatar and issues around banning rainbow advertising. It's, you know, football is more than just the game, it's the sponsorship and these all play into things. So for Jake to do it earlier on in his career and make that statement, you know, 
yeah. incredibly brave thing to do and I think you really just need to be commended for it right you see it's interesting when you look at the likes of you've, you know the, the UK Prime Minister you've Boris Johnson was, was tweeting about this yesterday you've the Chief Executive of the English Football League but how do you John McGowan address the the issues um, and the bias in the terrace I think it comes down to education and by the, the culture that the club certainly football supporters are so engaged and connected with their, with their club uh, really comes from the talented club trip, I believe. I'm just going to reconnect with you there, John, if you, if you don't mind, just just with the phone line there. Uh, 53106 at a cost of 30 cents is the number if, if you want to get in touch with us. But, uh, John, Corey, do, do you want to pick up on that point about, like, how do you address the terrorist problems? Yeah, of course. I think, you know, look, there's two sides. One is, is the clubs themselves. And it's really important that if a player comes out as LGBT, that the club, you know, really makes a stand, stands behind them and, and looks to stamp out any issues that are happening at the terraces. And, you know, that, whether that's banning banning fans, you know, and it's along those lines. But coupled with that, it's also important for supporters themselves, football supporters themselves to say, look, you know, the game has moved on. You know, as, as supporters, we're not going to put up with it. So, you know, if you're standing... Uh, on a terrace and you hear someone hurling LGBT plus abuse, abuse or homophobic abuse at a player you have to turn around and tell that person that that's not acceptable or if you're not going to say something directly you know go to go to a steward and point it out because you know the real danger and this really becomes pervasive is when people are silent on it and clubs are silent on it I see Sam was texting to say I'm an ageing amateur footballer now but the dressing rooms are a lot more welcoming um, in 2022 than when I first came out in the early 2000s. Uh, 5 through 6 is the number. What about the, the likes of the um, League of Ireland and I suppose the governing bodies and associations own Sheehan in terms of just like addressing those problems and incidents when they arise in the terrace? Like, Is, is there a bigger role for those in the governing section of all of this? Do, do they have a bigger role to play? I think when it comes to any sort of question around society, I think sport probably has a role to play because when you look at the terraces in Ireland, in England, wherever, I think it is a snapshot of a community. It may not be a fully accurate snapshot. It may be more male-dominated society than than, than most other walks of life, but but it is still relatively accurate. And I think that once it is part of a society, I think sport has a, has a role to play in all of that. You'd like to think that maybe we can have a bit more uh, hope for the terraces and, and, and how this will go down over the course of the next couple of years. You'd like to think that this will be the non-story that we all hope it is mm-hmm. and and, uh, and that it, it will not be something that we come back to over the next little while because of any disappointing things that come from the terraces. But but absolutely, there is always a role for sport to play in, in, in these sorts of conversations. Whether or not people within Ireland could be doing more, I'm not quite sure. It feels like this is a, a conversation that they, they seem to have got ahead of uh, in the UK. And certainly when it comes to the more prominent voices that have been speaking about this, it is obviously total and, and utter support and just commending his bravery. It would actually be unusual if you heard anything other than that. Yeah, there's a text in here from a listener, uh, John Gorin, um, who says this may be besides the point, but why do people have to come out at all? People's private life, it's their private life. It should be nobody else's business. It's, as in any walk of life, Andrea, if you want to get the best out of an individual, you have to create an environment where they can be themselves. And that's, that's, you know, that, that can be applied in any workplace. And it's the same in, in the football team and football club. If you want to get the best out of an individual, you want them to be in an environment where they can be themselves. Um, and Jake Daniel has taken the, the, the decision to come out at 17. is setting that tone for his teammates going forward, whether it be a Blackbird or any other club. He said, it all comes down to the environment for me. Um, my own experience was, was not a positive one, mm. but you know, 24 years later, it seems to have changed. Yeah. And I 
hope I, I, I hope for Jake and for his teammates that um, that the environment is supportive, not just now but into the future. John McGowan, Community Officer with Shelburne. Uh, John Corey, who's the chair of the Dublin Devils Football Club and Owen Sheehan here, uh, presenter of course too with OTB AM. Thanks a million to you all for joining us on the programme. 53106 is the number if you do want to get in contact with us. Up next on Lunchtime Live, we are going green and looking at the role of sustainable technology. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.